Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show, and happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have a super busy news day today, and because of how busy it is with all of this breaking news that occurred over the weekend and and really how serious a lot of these stories are, I'm bringing in some of my favorite guests, including David Marcus from The New York Post and Fox and Post Millennial. He writes for a bunch of different outlets and also a fan favorite, Ben Weingarten. So obviously he can talk to us about everything from Ilhan Omar, who he wrote a book on, to Iran, to the Biden administration, to what's happening in Israel. So we are going to have some experts on because I can't be an expert on everything, but I can bring the experts to you. Now, let's start today with the tragic news that we got yesterday that three American soldiers were killed in a drone strike at a U.S. base in Jordan. It was right along the Syrian border. And um, I think part of this that is very important to note is 30 people, 30 soldiers were also injured. And we have no idea what that even means. You know, like that could that could mean a lot of different things. Um, but a horrible story. The attacks were, it seems like right now, perpetrated by Iran's militia proxies. And reports are coming out that the U.S. was unable to stop the attack or defend against it because a U.S. drone was also returning to the base at the same time. And so it was a, a mix-up of sorts. It confused officials. Um, and whether you were reading from the Wall Street Journal over the past couple of months or watching military experts on any of the major news networks. This isn't just something that you'd see on Newsmax or Fox. This was most of the major news networks. Their military analysts and experts all said the same thing when it came to what's happening with these Iran-linked attacks. And that is that this situation, as tragic as it is, was likely. This was something that people were warning the Biden administration about for months now. Given the Biden administration's disastrous handling of all things pertaining to Iran, people saw this as inevitable. And I want to actually read a little bit because I talked about this a few weeks ago. And it was a piece from, I think, the Wall Street Journal editorial board. And they were mapping out essentially what they thought was going to happen based off the way Joe Biden was handling Iran. And they were sounding the alarm bells. And today, I think it's important to read from this same paper because they're explaining how this was something that could have been avoided. So I just want to read you a couple lines here that kind of break it down. does it in a pretty simple way. Um, And the title is Biden, Iran, and Three Dead Americans. It was bound to happen eventually, as President Biden was warned repeatedly. A drone or missile launched by Iran's militia proxies would elude U.S. defenses and kill American soldiers. 
That's what happened Sunday as three Americans were killed and 25 wounded at a U.S. base in Jordan near the Syrian border. Now, if you missed it, Biden's response to this, he said that uh, yesterday, America's heart is heavy um, at the death of patriots who are the best of our nation. The Wall Street Journal writes that sentiment is nice and no doubt sincere, but at this point it is inadequate and infuriating. Only occasionally has he or the administration registered more than rhetorical displeasure by retaliating militarily and only then with limited airstrikes. I want to talk about those two words, rhetorical displeasure. I think that is what we were discussing on Friday for a totally different reason. On Friday, if you were listening to this show, we were discussing this back and forth between Joe Biden and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. Now, Greg Abbott is not complying or abiding by the Supreme Court's decision regarding the razor wire in Texas. And Joe Biden's administration was saying, you have until today. I think that was, what's today, Jared? Is today the 28th? Today is the 29th. Okay, so, yeah, okay, so they said, you have by the end of Friday, that was what they were telling him, you have by the end of Friday to follow these rules and let the Border Patrol agents come in and resume control of that area. It was kind of unclear. The Supreme Court's decision didn't say that they had to, that Greg Abbott had to let them come in, but it did say that they couldn't prevent them from cutting the razor wire. And so they're having this back and forth. And the Biden administration says, you have until the end of the day or, you know, you have to do this by today. And I just thought, or what? Like, or what? What are you going to do? And a lot of people, John Daniel Davidson, a lot of uh, columnists were saying they're not they're not going to do anything. They're not going to open fire on the Texas National Guard. That's not going to look good, especially when you consider over 60 percent of Americans think that Joe Biden is mishandling the border. So, no, they're not going to do that. And so then what it becomes is these empty threats. Just these words you're throwing at the wall like spaghetti, hoping that somebody listens to them. And that is how he handles everything. It's just a lot of words, a lot of talk. And so you watch him and he goes around. So yesterday he's in South Carolina and he's talking, of course, about how he was raised in the black churches because he is you know, our very own Elvis Presley. And he's going around. And by the way, you know things are going bad. You you know a speech in totality was not a success when you can reference the parts of it where Joe Biden was talking about being raised in the black church as the normal parts of the speech. Like when you look at that part of the speech and you go, that's when he was, that was before it went off the rails, was when he was talking about how often he went to black church. That's not good. So Joe Biden's going around. He's talking about this. And he's also regurgitating the lie about Trump calling fallen soldiers suckers and losers from the Atlantic. The Atlantic had these anonymous sources that said, because that's what Trump does, I guess, in his spare time. This is how this is how deranged they all are. They think he goes around and talks about fallen soldiers and goes, they're a bunch of losers. But sure, far be it from me to stop anybody's Trump deranged fantasies. So Joe Biden's going out there. He's yelling about that. And then he tells the crowd in response to the death of these three soldiers, we shall respond. And my issue with Joe Biden is, and and you can talk about whether or not anything he says is sincere, but the goal of whatever he's saying 
has nothing to do with advancing foreign policy, has nothing to do with protecting our country. Whatever he's saying, the goal is to make himself feel good in that moment. And he doesn't care. The, he doesn't care about the consequences. He doesn't care about the fallout. He just wants to say things that make him feel good. Now, back to the Wall Street Journal here, it says the irony of Mr. Biden's strategy to avoid escalation with Iran above all else is that he'll now have to strike back harder than if he had responded with devastating force the first time U.S. forces were hit and every time since. Which, by the way, just to give you a number here, um, I think since October, it's been like 150 Iranian proxy attacks on the U.S., on U.S. forces in the Middle East. So there's there's been quite a few warnings for Joe Biden. And at, at every step of the way, he didn't want to escalate. Now, what all of these experts were saying, these military experts, Mike Pompeo, other people you watch who go on TV and talk about this, they say, the only thing Iran responds to, and we saw this during the Trump administration with the Moab, the only thing Iran responds to is force, is strength. Appeasement is not the way to go. But appeasement was the name of the game for the Biden administration. And now they've appeased Iran. It's gotten us nowhere. We have three soldiers who are now dead, almost 30 people injured. And now they're in a really weird situation because he, again, is going out there and telling everyone, we shall respond, we're going to strike back. Not because he's actually going to or not because he knows of any plan. They're not telling him anything. It's only because he wants to feel like a tough guy. He doesn't like getting heat. He doesn't like being blamed for things. So Wall Street Journal writes, one thing to watch is whether the administration will react to this attack by putting more pressure on Israel to stop its campaign against Hamas. Imagine, imagine if that's the response to this. Iranian proxies kill three American soldiers and our response could be calling up BB and being like, you really, really got to take it easy on those terrorists. okay? because we are trying our best to make Iran happy. And it seems like you guys aren't helping us with this. If I were BB, I'd be like, hey, lose my number. Click. Bye. Bye, Bing, as Trump would say. Stop calling me, Joe. And and BB, by the way, we're going to get to all of this today. But BB, by the way, did say that he he was doing a TV interview and he basically said, we'll do it alone. Like if we have to. And I was waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for BB to go, forget it. Like, forget it. If you guys are just going to stand near us and whisper that we need to, you know, calm things down and chill, then just leave us alone. Like we don't we'll do it on our own. But if the Biden administration's response to this is to tell BB Netanyahu, hey, could you go easy on Hamas because it's really starting to cause a lot of problems for us? So the Wall Street Journal writes, this would validate the claim of the militias that they are merely targeting the U.S. because it supports Israel. And it would tell Iran that its militia drone and missile campaign has succeeded in easing pressure on Hamas. Mr. Biden has spent months fretting about a broader regional war without confronting the reality that the U.S. is already in one. Reality's never really his strong suit, though, to be fair. Confronting reality? That's a step too far. The result is that the U.S. deterrence has collapsed in the regions and America 
and, and Americans are dying. Mr. Biden's repeated displays of weakness are inviting more attacks. Now, by the way, the Wall Street Journal is being a lot nicer than some other publications that are just outright saying this is you have blood in your hands. This is all your fault. Um, they went about it in a little bit of a softer way. But we're going to talk about all of it. And the other part of this I want to talk about is the expression that was attributed to Teddy Roosevelt, speak softly, but carry a big stick and how we are doing. Well, not we I shouldn't take blame for this. Joe Biden is the exact opposite. He is like, speak erratically, speak nonsensically, carry an ice cream cone, speak like a tough guy, scream about prescription jugs and McDonald's Wi-Fi and carry absolutely nothing. And he wants to pin. Here's the here's the hilarious part. I shouldn't say hilarious because nothing's funny about this, but he wants to pin things on Trump. That's why he keeps bringing up Trump. When he's talking about how he was raised in the black churches, and then he'll go right to, oh, and Trump did this, Trump did that. Trump has not been president for the last three and a half years. And by the way, Joe Biden thinks he has been. He, he also, in between saying Trump called veterans and fallen soldiers suckers and losers, he also called him the sitting president. So he might know something that we all don't know. But he wants to pin everything and anything on Trump, which might work if Trump had been president for the last three and a half years but he hasn't and it's worth noting that on so many issues and i know i'm going to sound like jamie diamond who already told you guys this a couple weeks ago but on so many issues it's crazy how on the money trump was and i'm specifically going to go into the unrwa because it's not just the border like yeah you might say to me well grace of course Joe Biden's going to tell people to surge the border. We're going to have a border crisis. Like, he didn't have to be Karnak the Magnificent to figure that out. I'll give you that. Oh, you're going to spend billions of dollars we don't have? Inflation might increase. I'll give you that. You're, You're going to kill off all of these natural gas projects? The price of gas is going to increase, and we're going to become energy dependent. I'll give you that. But there are some other parts of whether it be these foreign agencies or these groups where Trump was so distrustful of them. And if you're talking about the WHO, if you're talking about the UNRWA, there were these groups that Trump said, I don't want to fund this anymore. I I don't think this is a good move. And oh my God, he, the vindication that he should be getting He won't get it from the mainstream media, but he should feel it anyway, because he was so right on so many of these things. 844-500-4242. We'll talk about all of this. We'll take your calls. Big show today. A lot of news to get to. Don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Now, a story that probably would have been the story I started with had it not been for what happened um, in Jordan yesterday is the story about Ilhan Omar, the 
Representative uh, Representative Ilhan Omar has often suggested in various ways, this is from Red State, that anyone who supports Israel has dual loyalty and is somehow being paid off by Jews. Ironically, she's the one who has a real dual loyalty problem, or worse, a single singular loyalty to a foreign nation. So for people who miss this, Ilhan Omar, and obviously it's in a completely different language, so there's no point in us playing the sound. Um, She proclaimed to a crowd at a speech that has now gone viral that Somalis control the U.S. government and that it exists to safeguard the interests of Somalia. So the U.S. government exists to safeguard the interests of Somalia. I I don't know if this is maybe just something I missed if I didn't get this email. It's pretty big news. You would think. You would think. Um, So this actually brings us to our poll question. And we are obviously going to talk to Ben Weingarten about this. He has an entire book about Ilhan Omar. So he's been he's been trying to warn people that she's not a good egg for quite some time. And today's Poll question is brought to you by Tobias Hearing Center in Quincy, Massachusetts. They helped Howie get fitted with a pair of state-of-the-art hearing aids, and they can help you too. And for a limited time only, mention Howie Carr and receive up to $200 off your hearing aids. That's TobiasHearing.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is will Ilhan Omar be punished? For her speech saying Somalia is her number one priority. No, uh, I've seen Ilhan Omar say things before that typically would get somebody, especially a, a member of Congress, in a lot of trouble. Um, and the the excuse at the time, I believe, was she has a different experience in the meaning of words. That was from Nancy Pelosi. And since then, she has only become more famous um, more celebrated, more known in the Democrat Party. She is a huge member or, or a big part of the squad. And so, no, I think that this is going to get her. This is a boost. Every knock's a boost, but this is certainly a boost in today's radical Democrat Party. It's the type of thing that makes you Taylor Swift vice president. Uh, 95% of the audience says no. They do not think she will be punished at all. Yeah, no. Being what is how we always say being a Democrat means never having to say you're sorry. I don't know if this event she was at was in Minnesota, um, but we we can play a little bit of sound from it at some point just to give you the the energy levels that she was bringing to this conversation. But that's not the only thing she said. She also um, she also said that only people she deems as ethnic Somali have a right to live in Somalia. So she was making a lot of headlines at this event. We'll talk about that with Ben Weingarten a little bit later. When we come back, I want to talk about the UNRWA and how Trump was right again. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us. I do want to talk about this U.N. agency, the UNRWA, and there's a lot to unpack here. It's a pretty stunning story. 
even for today's standards and how wacky everything is. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But we have people on the lines, and I know a lot of people want to talk about things that are happening here in the United States. So let's go to Lisa. You're first up today on the Grace Curley Show. What's going on, Lisa? Hey, Grace. Um, I know what you just said was so on point, but the UNRWA, the UNRWA division of the U.N. is beyond, I mean, I can't even say it on uh, radio, but I also want to talk about the Houthis and the other militias in the Middle East that are hitting our, our ships and hitting the shipping ships. We have got to hit back, I mean, like a punch, not a slap in the mouth, like knock some teeth out. This has got to stop, Grace. I mean, if we don't do something to, I mean, neutralize this, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it makes us look so ridiculous. Yeah, no, Lisa, you're dead on. And I I actually want to read a little bit here from Richard Goldberg and the New York Post, because he talks about how there is no reason for these militia, for these proxies to be afraid of any sort of retaliation because there's no longer a red line. Uh, I'm going to read just a little bit. It says when Iran attacks U.S. forces, Biden typically turns the other cheek and opens another financial spigot. Like that's the part of it, too, that how we talked about last week. And it was actually um, the, the timing of it was pretty perfect. How we talked about the fact that not only. And I think he was referencing something Senator Rand Paul said. Not only is all of this going on and we're getting slapped around and we're not fighting back, but we're funding everything. We're sending billions of dollars to these groups that hate us, that want to see us. That's what I always remind people when we talk about Israel, when we talk about this. They don't say death to Israel and then stop. They say death to Israel and then they say death to America. We're right there where where when it stops there, it comes here. And I want to read you another part. It says his crippling fear of escalation has guaranteed escalation on all fronts from the October 7th Hamas massacre to Hezbollah missiles raining on northern Israel to Houthi strikes in the Red Sea, which is what Lisa was just referring to, to Iran's accelerating accelerating production of high enriched uranium to the attacks on American troops. Later in this story, he says, indeed, Iran did not escalate its nuclear activity throughout 2020, waiting instead to test a new president the following year. Biden has since eviscerated multiple perceived red lines for American military action against Iran. Killing American contractors is no longer a red line. Tehran must wonder, is killing American soldiers a red line? The president is now on the clock to deliver an answer. Biden needs his own Soleimani moment. Yeah, and it goes right to what Lisa said. Now, now it's gotten to a point where a slap is not enough. It needs to be a full punch. And that's only because he has been so fearful of escalating things. And he's been trying this strategy of appeasement, and now it's blowing up in his face. And also, it, what gets me nervous is, like, for a basement president, go in the basement in, in these moments. Like, this is the time they let him go wild. And I know it's it's part of the campaign season, and, and he's out there, and he's talking nonsense. And I know to a degree none of us take him seriously, but it bothers me. And I'll go back to the minor encouraging remark. It bothers me that they let this dude loose. When we're on the verge of World War III, 
Like now you're going to let him riff? Now you're going to send him to a church and let him get on the mic and just kind of, you know, just kind of go rogue on what's going on in the Middle East? That doesn't sit well with me. Because as much of a joke as he is, he's still the leader of the free world. I don't like it, but it's it's the truth. And so if there were ever a time to give him the hook and say, listen, Gramps, you're chilling in the basement till we figure this out. Well, we'll let you out and we'll let you, you know, take a victory lap if, if, if it's ever warranted. But you're not coming out right now. There's too much at stake. And instead, they let him go on and on about complete and utter nonsense and then say, we shall respond. I'm sure he's not basing that off of conversations he had with anyone. Again, it just makes him feel important and feel like he's, you know, Clint Eastwood in some sort of movie. Now, as we're talking about this appeasement and that last caller just brought up the UNRWA, this is something that I I really want to discuss here. And it falls under the category of things Trump warned us about or things Trump tried to stop and defund and had a bad feeling about and he was vilified for. Now, this is from the Times of Israel. It says UNRWA workers accused of kidnapping woman taking part in kibbutz massacre based off this report. Now, for people who aren't familiar, it's the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees. Employees of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees kidnapped Israelis, transported ammunition and the body of a dead soldier, and took part in murderous assault on a kibbutz on October 7th, according to a report published late Sunday. Also part of the reason I'm, I'm very pleased that we're having Ben Weingarten on because he can cover all of this stuff like it's no problem. The details attributed by the New York Times to a dossier provided to the U.S. government are behind the decision by the agency, UNRWA, to fire 12 workers and prompted many countries to halt their funding for the body over the weekend. Now, I want to remind you that in 2018, Donald Trump wanted to halt the funding and did halt the funding. And the response from the media and from other countries, like always, was, how dare he? This is such a bad idea. We are losing respect on the world stage. This is really dangerous. Oh, and before I read you a couple of those reports, just want to remind people that we currently have people that are working at the NSA who once interned at the UN RWA. Just something to keep in mind. Just something that maybe we should be concerned about. I mean, nobody will actually be concerned about it, but I I did think it was worth throwing in there for conversation. So this is from CNN. UN agency for Palestinian refugees loses U.S. funding. So this is 2018. We're going in the way back machine. I'm going to take you back in time to when when your 401k was doing better, when you felt safer and when mean tweets were your biggest concern. Okay, so this is how CNN describes it. They go, the United States is ending all funding to the United Nations Agency tasked with supporting Palestinian refugees, the U.S. State Department said Friday, describing the body as irredeemably flawed. Damn. So this was back when we actually knew what we were doing. This is back when we actually had some good intel. We had some, we had some people who had a good sense of what was actually going on, I guess. The United States has long been the biggest single donor to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East. 
known as UNRWA, donating more than $350 million to the agency in 2017. The agency, this is how they describe the agency. Again, the agency that now their workers are accused of kidnapping women and taking part in the massacre of Jews on October 7th. The agency offers educational, health, and social services across the West Bank, Gaza, Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon to more than 5 million registered Palestinian refugees. It educates more than 500,000 children in nearly 700 schools, and its doctors see more than 9 million patients in nearly 150 primary health clinics every year. So they want to set this up like, oh, evil orange man's bad, taking down another agency. Little did they know that was he was just getting started. There were several other agencies that he was not happy with. But they want to make it seem like, oh, this agency does all this good work. And he's, I was watching today Mike Pompeo on TV. He was saying this was the biggest known secret, like the biggest open secret ever was how flawed this agency was. And it wasn't even a secret because they said it in 2018 when they were defunding it. But now we're all supposed to act surprised. Ah, oh, the Enra workers are accused of kidnapping a woman and, and transporting a dead soldier and taking part in the massacre. I wonder if, um, I wonder if any of them were friendly with some of those freelance journalists from all of these esteemed networks here and publications. 844 but again, you just go back to, it's amazing how on the money he was on a few of these things. And I'm pretty critical when I have to be, but there's no denying that so many of the things he said came true. And in so many of the ways he handled the UN and these other countries that Joe was so concerned about, like Joe took over and was like, no, we're back. We're back. I tell them we're back and they say, but for how long? All all these agencies and these countries are concerned about is we just want to make sure that we've got a dope we've got a dope in there who will make sure that we don't have to pay for anything we get tons of money and u.s interests are put last and so of course joe shows up and they're like perfect we love it we love this guy we want this guy to to stay in as long as possible and then when trump was there they weren't that happy so Bill Ackman, who's been making news um, almost every week now, he actually he actually put on Twitter a response to the three U.S. soldiers who were killed on Sunday. He said, our enemies perceive weak American leadership, which has allowed them to attack us with impunity at a grave cost to our servicemen. He wrote that the U.S. has arrived at a place where our enemies do not fear us. We are not respected and the world is a much more dangerous place as a result. I can't disagree. And what it takes me back to is that quote. It, it's from it's from the novel The Warriors, but it's the quote: "Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times." And the only part I need you all to remember right now is: weak men create hard times. When you look at Blinken, when you look at Mayorkas, when you look at Joe Biden. These are weak men. They have had everything handed to them in these cushy jobs. They've never, they've never had to risk it. And now everything is imploding around them. And they don't want to take any responsibility for it. They create crisis after crisis and they just hope and pray 
that enough morons out there continue to vote for them and continue to elect Joe Biden and all his minions. And, and you know what? The sad part of it is I sit here right now. I don't know. I think there might be. I think there might be enough people out there who just aren't paying attention. As amazing as that sounds. 844-500-4242. When we come back, I'll take more of your calls on this. Like I said, we are going to discuss a lot of these different topics. And also E. Jean Carroll with David Marcus in the 2 o'clock. Because that entire lawsuit, that entire case to me is so crazy. And uh, I heard David Marcus discussing it today on the Morning Wire. So he's going to join us later in the show. Another thing that I didn't catch last week, and I'm mad at myself. Because sometimes I think I've got good antennas for this, but I fell for a trap when it came to what uh, the media was reporting regarding Mitch McConnell and the border bill. I fell for a trap and I feel like a fool and I'm going to confess all my sins on the other side. So stay with us. Now, one thing that I can tell you today that's some good news because it's a heavy news day. There's a lot of bad news out there. But here's a little bit of a silver not a silver lining. How about we say, here's a little something that you can do for yourself that you can look forward to. That's ordering some delicious Omaha steaks. Every night I drive home and I think, what am I going to do for dinner? Uh, do I have to, Do I want to stop at the grocery store? It's a madhouse when I'm on my way home. Do I want to pick through the same old, same old, the quality's not great. And then I remember with my order to Omaha steaks, I can get all of this delicious food And I don't have to worry on the weeknights. I just go home. I look through my fridge and I decide what I want. Do I want a filet mignon? Maybe. Do I want a delicious cheeseburger? Do I want some air chilled chicken? Some pork chops? The possibilities are endless. Plus, it's not just the entrees. You can get sides. You can get desserts. There's so many things that you can look forward to that are delicious and that you can save a lot of money with, Jared. That's the thing. You don't get these prices at the grocery store. Yeah, box came Friday night, Friday night Franks, I'm starting to call it now, had the all-beef Franks, my favorite food ever. Those are the best hot dogs you will ever eat. Everything from Omaha Steaks is such superior quality. The chicken is fantastic. It tastes like chicken. The pork tastes like pork. It's not that bland, overpriced stuff at the supermarket. It's the best meat you're going to get for the best value you're going to get. Yeah, and if you order Omaha Steaks and you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, you can get free, for free, air-chilled chicken breasts, for free, rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. The great thing is everything is naturally aged, so you get that ultimate tenderness, juiciness, and flavor that you don't get from a lot of other um, meats at the grocery store. It's a five-generation family-owned business. Expertise means uncompromising quality that you can trust. That's their guarantee. You're going to love it. Now, again, just go to omahasteaks.com slash grace because I want you to get the four freebies. It's really eight freebies. It's four free chicken breast for free pork chops with your order start loving every bite today go to omahasteaks.com slash grace minimum purchase may apply we'll be right back with your calls this is the grace curly show you're listening to the grace curly show This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone. Let's go right to the callers here. Um, I want to start with Richard. You're next up on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Richard. Hi, Grace. First of all, I'm not pandering to you. Believe me. 
but you are the best on radio, TV, or anywhere. You are the best. Thank you. I wanted to say, you're very welcome. <laughs> I wanted to say that it's, it seems to me to be a little bit of a mystery as to who these people are that um, evidently were impli- implicated with with uh, with the um, in, in with Hamas in um, in uh, going after the Israelis. Yeah, the UNRWA people. There's twelve. They they say there's twelve staffers, but yeah, we, we don't have that information yet. Right. We don't have. We don't know. And my guess is, it wouldn't surprise me. We're going to find out they're Palestinians. Wouldn't surprise me at all. They're hiring locals. And you haven't heard, you won't hear that they're from Belgium. And I don't think you'll hear that they're from Germany and, um, or Eastern Europe. I think they're from that area. And it's, it's not going to be a surprise. That's my guess. I also <clears throat> wanted to say that when it comes to Joe Biden and um, his, his perpetual warnings to Iran, it wouldn't surprise me that he's going to take what were three don't, don't, don'ts and add, maybe they wanted him to do two, but he'll add one more to make it four don'ts. That's, that's who he's all about. And that will be, that. maybe that's the trick. You just need the fourth don't, and then people understand that you mean business. As far as um, who the people are, I don't want to speculate because I don't have all the definite answers here, but it does say, the report said one of the UNRWA school, one, that one... UNRWA school counselor in southern Gaza is accused of working with his son to abduct a woman from Israel. Furthermore, a social worker in central Gaza is accused of helping to bring the body of a dead Israeli soldier to Gaza, as well as distributing ammunition and coordinating vehicles on the day of the attack. A third employee was described as taking part in the massacre at a kibbutz where 97 people died. So that was one of the worst attacks on October 7th. Again, I don't have, this is from the Times of Israel, I don't have everything as far as who these um, workers are, but it says 12 staffers at the UN agency, and I know they've been fired, but it seems like that's, it seems like that should just be the first step here, that maybe losing their jobs is not the only way these people should be held accountable for this uh 844-500-4242 when we come back we will take more of your calls we are going to take a break here from the calls just because we're going to talk to ben weingarten at 105 we'll ask him about this story. we'll also ask him about the death of these three u.s soldiers who were killed in this jordan drone attack And um, lastly, the story that's not getting as much play today because of all the news, Ilhan Omar's recent speech that's gone viral. Ben Weingarten always has a lot to say about Ilhan Omar. I don't think today is going to be any different. So don't go anywhere. A lot more show to get to on this Monday afternoon. We'll be right back.